Service Delivery Watch on the Morning Bliss. Let's welcome uh, the Honorable Ahmed uh, Munzur, Sheikh Imam, who's uh, a Chief Whip and uh, a Member of Parliament uh, for NFP. Thank you very much for joining us, Sheikh Imam. Uh, always a pleasure speaking to you. Very good morning to you and all our listeners out there. It makes me very happy that uh, our leaders are early risers because they say uh, the earliest bird gets, catches the juiciest worm. We've got so many challenges before we even reach 2024 elections. So lovely having a leader this early morning. We're talking service delivery issues and the first issue that is I think at the top for you and that you are currently looking at as a leader is that of rural development. I don't even know if we should call it rural development or the lack of development in rural areas. Yes, uh, thank you very much for this opportunity. But let me start off by saying I think we need a holistic approach to the challenges we face in South Africa. And, you know, the rural development today or what is happening in rural communities is no different to what happened during the days of apartheid, where head of households, particularly the males, of course it has changed now, even the females, uh, are leaving home from the rural areas looking for better economic opportunities in urban areas. And as a result of that, you are finding a problem of dysfunctional society very little contact, cooperation, love, attention between parents and their children. So you're basically dividing communities, something that was uh, 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 during the days of apartheid. This is one of the, the, the policies uh, that was implemented, which had a devastating effect on socioeconomic conditions of people. So that has not changed. More importantly, what we find is this, that currently, you know, we have three spheres of government, almost four if you look at it from national, provincial, district level and local government. Question is, how much is being done by local government at a district level uh, to take investment to these areas, ensure that you create job opportunities in those areas so people from rural areas remain there? Now, remember, South Africa in the African continent has some of the most arable land in the world. In fact, uh, the latest stats is that about 44% of the most arable land in the world comes from the African continent, but underutilized. But very little or nothing is happening. If you look at the manufacturing industry, there is very little or nothing being done about enticing or providing incentives to small businesses and particularly larger businesses to, to move into certain rural areas that they don't have to move into deep rural areas and and, and make the, the rural towns, some of them into like semi-urban towns. But if you have development in those areas with incentives provided for businesses, they will be encouraged to move there, which means you create jobs there, people will live there, they'll live a healthier life, and you will not have what you have today. And that is an influx of people into the urban areas. Uh, remember, that has a negative impact on, 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 on the kind of lives that they lead. So that's the first thing we believe, that there must be more rural development, 
with incentives provided for people to live and work close to each other, which is not happening currently. And then on top of that, um, the issue of um, you know urbanization is creating a mammoth um, issue around housing. Housing is an, a problem in, in, in urban areas and uh, metropolitan areas. We were even speaking to Abatlabasam Jondolo, who are crying foul uh, because of unaffordable housing. Well, I think a very important point there. Now, but let's ask ourselves one question. Whoever governs, wherever they govern, let's look at local government level because that's the heartbeat of service delivery. What stops any political party that is in government in any local authority currently? First of all, we must admit and accept that every South African in terms of the constitution must be provided with adequate housing. Let's assume we do not have the the resources to be able to provide this. What stops us currently from creating a database of all the families that live in the local municipalities where we govern? And immediately, without any further delay, identify the land that is available for housing. And in order to address the inequalities of the past, which we always uh, refer to in the days of apartheid, why not subdivide that land and give every South African family their dignity back by allocating them a piece of land? Now the question will come in as far as services to this land, which is water, sanitation, electricity. No, we're not saying put pressure and give that overnight. You can give that to 500 houses this year, another 1,000 houses next year. There's no problem. You don't need to build the houses for those people either. Provide them with their dignity by giving them a piece of land subdivided. Give it to every South African family that is deserving. And more importantly, even single parent families. What stops anybody from local government? There's no legislation stopping you from doing that at all. The question is, why don't we do that? Now, on the issue of housing, we have repeatedly said, and and we call for a state bank to be created. So you provide the land to our people, and through the state bank, you you can fund them with a loan at a very low interest rate. Remember, in the country, we provide funding even to the financial institution at a very low interest rate. They take your money, the taxpayer's money, which is our money. They use the same money to lend the money back to us, and they make profits out of it, and they pay us back. What stops us from creating a state bank? Now, when I drew the attention of the House to this on numerous occasions, I see we created the Human Settlement Development Bank. It has gone nowhere further than that. And I can assure you that even private investors, internationally and locally, will be willing to fund those housing projects for people, okay, at a nominal interest rate. All government needs to do is guarantee it because remember the property itself will be an assurance or a guarantee. I don't think that is actually difficult, but we must accept that at some stage you have to accommodate every family with a home, whether we like it or not. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we, we are going to touch on the issue of land. Yes, we've spoken about development in our rural communities. We've spoken about housing, but land. 
then what is uh, your stance as a leader in South Africa? If you'd like to join in, it's Service Delivery Watch 0614-104107. That is our WhatsApp number. Or you can call in on 86 and our guest is Ahmed uh, Munzur Sheikh Imam, who is a parliamentary leader and chief whip for NFP. We are talking about uh, various issues on service delivery. And what we want to know is uh, from you as a, a listener, an A-teamer, what is it that you are facing in your community and how can these be addressed? I, I do want to talk about the issue of land, um, Sheikh Imam. However, before we go there, you spoke on, on rural development and the impact that it has and some solutions you have as a political leader yourself. The one thing that is usually neglected when we speak rural development is title deeds. When you own property, you've got some sort of collateral when you go to the banks to start a business, to expand your property, um, maybe if you want to go into to farming. Um, and that there's some money you can get from the bank with a title deed. But people in rural communities do not own the land. They do not own their properties. They are living under tribal uh, you know, chieftaincies on um, sometimes it's um, what, what, what is it? Uh, PTOs and, and, and you are living there under a rent for years and so on. How can this be addressed? Because this is definitely not speaking of equality in South Africa for all before we even get to the land issue. Well, the question we need to ask why? Very simple answer. Political parties align themselves with traditional leaders. And because of the influence that traditional leaders have in the community, they're afraid to take on the traditional leaders, and ultimately the people on the ground pay the price for it. It's a simple answer to what is going on. If you look at the Ngonyama Trust Land, exactly the same thing. There's an outcry from the communities, okay? But we are, but as a result of fear, there's very little or nothing much they can do. You'd never ever find political parties standing up for the people in this tribal land uh, to address these challenges that they've been raising time and time again. It's because of the influence that the tribal leaders have, traditional leaders have in the community. And in order for them to get the votes from these people, they have to be in, in, in alignment with the tribal and traditional leaders. That's the ultimate problem. So I think it's a selfish side on the part of politicians, and they are the reason why people are in these traditional areas particularly are not able to get these title deeds. And I know people have been complaining time and time again. They have no rights over those lands. They pay some kind of levies and things every other month. Uh, that is going to traditional leaders. No or very little or no development takes place there. And I think it's a serious problem that must be addressed if we want to talk about land re redistribution in South Africa and the restitution of land we must put the rights of the people on the ground first. And that's not what we are doing. As a leader, what do you think should be done then? Uh, because you're citing exactly what we are, uh, we are aware of around uh, the title deeds, the land issue, um, and the housing issue. But you as a leader, what, what role are you playing to bring a just change? Well, ultimately, you know, the, the state is the custodian of all land in South Africa. There is no doubt about it. And I think we need to take advantage of that. 
and make it very clear that whether you're on traditional land or not, people must have rights over the land. They must have title deed. They must have ownership. They must be able to go out there and go to financial institution and have access to funding if they want to develop. I don't think that's a problem at all. I think it must happen. The difficulty we got is, is, is the opposition from traditional leaders with support from political parties because they rely on them for the votes. And that's the problem we are facing. And if you remember, at some stage, this matter was addressed. And there was a time, there was a commission even put in place to deal with some of these issues. Some political leaders made statements in support of it and they backtracked not long after that. That is because of the fear of reprisal or not getting support. Importantly, I think the people on the ground need to understand that the land belongs to the state. The state is the custodian of this land. They have rights and that they need to rise and ensure that they have the necessary ownership rights to that property. Together with, with, with the political parties, and particularly whoever is governing in those particular local authorities, must work with the communities and provide it to those communities. I don't think that is a difficult thing to do. We must separate you know, our selfish interests from that of the needs of the people on the ground. Look, you say people must understand. The people on the ground need to have an understanding that the land um, custodian is um, a government. But maybe as a leader yourself, um, one of the roles that should be played by leaders who are seeing the unjust way that people are living should perhaps be to educate the people on the ground. When we are talking rural development, I don't know how often you go to rural communities and interact with people, but even having to read a document in a language that's foreign to yourself, like English, is difficult. Having to understand legal issues like land distribution, like who's owning it, is difficult. So shouldn't one of the key roles of political leaders who want to make a change like yourselves, perhaps, be to educate I agree with you. I think a lack of education, and very importantly, South Africa has a problem with the lack of quality education. And for that reason, you have one in two children who start school, don't finish matric. That's a serious problem we have. And we've observed this particularly when you have the, the, the uh, community, uh, when you have communities that need to, to, for you to engage with them, public participation processes. And you would find that very limited number of people participate in any public participation project uh, in the country. And that is only those people that are brought there or taxied there uh, for the benefits of those who are bringing in perhaps a necessary bill and things. I must agree with you, a lot more needs to do about education, particularly in the rural communities. And and, 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 uh, and I take note of that uh, you know, I, I, I do visit a lot of these areas and I could see the, the lack of development, something that I've raised even yesterday in Parliament when, you know, there was a debate on Freedom Day and political parties were just attacking each other. And I had to raise the point that if wherever you are governing, what difference are you making in the lives of the people in the rural communities? Very little, nothing is happening. So I must agree with you, education is the key. And one of the problems we have is the quality of education that we are providing currently. But I think at the same time, there is an awakening. I think people are starting to rise. People are starting to realize, you know, that, that, that they have rights as well. And it's going to be a sore point. And I can see that it is being suppressed at this point in time, particularly on the issue of land. 
But I think it's a matter of time. People will rise and they will claim their rightful place in society. Now, a lot of uh, concern comes through by uh, what we see happening in our local uh, municipalities and our local metros, especially where there's coalition governments um, running the metros. Uh, motions of no confidence. Uh, it, it, it makes us beg the question, do we have quality leaders? Are our public representatives... Are, are they seeing from one eye? Are they doing what needs to be done uh, together? Or are is the quality of our leaders, I'm trying to craft this question so correctly, is the quality of our leaders questionable? The fact that there's constantly a motion of no confidence from within political leaders, even if they're in different political parties, not coming from the electorate? Certainly questionable, I can assure you. The kind of public representatives you put in place is what you're going to get back. Coalition government today is not about delivery of services to the people, but it's all about power and control. We ask ourselves, why would some of the largest political parties in the country give away a position of a mayor to a party with one seat or two seats? Johannesburg, the financial hub of Africa, such an important metro, and you're just giving it to somebody who knows very little or nothing about being a mayor. Ask ourselves the question, why? Ask ourselves the question, why is all these coalitions collapsing? Political, let's give you a good example of KZN. You know, they, they've been collapsing every other week. And why is it? Because I can assure you, bags, no more brown envelopes. Bags of cash is changing hands. And that is why we have repeatedly raised, even with the president, and all the role plays, even with corporate governance, Unless you close the gap to corruption and looting, starting from the local government level, you're not going to solve this problem. All this is about is the access to the financial resources. And that is what strengthens political parties. If you remember, even the president himself in the Zondo Commission said that, yes, indeed, at times we did receive money and we got to know that they were through unlawful means and we kept it because we needed, we had a big organization. What is the message you're giving out to ordinary South Africans and public representatives at local level? So coalitions today is not about the delivery of service. It's all about power and control of the financial resources. But very importantly, I want to say, you know, the kind of public representatives that we appoint, unfortunately, you know, the, the, the communities, people on the ground, are left with very little or not, no choice but to go out there and vote or elect leaders that are imposed on them by political parties. i give you another good example. We have a very high unemployment rate in South Africa. How is it some of them are allowed to have two salaries, one as a teacher and as a counselor? As far as I'm concerned, being a public representative, you don't sleep. You're supposed to eat, walk, talk, sleep. Your people on the ground. You're supposed to be available for these people. I'm not saying we are inhumane, that you know we cannot go to bed and think, but you must be available when your people need him. How can you do justice to being a teacher in a school and at the same time be a counselor as well and serve your people? Is that not the reason why there's no delivery of services? It's either children are going to suffer at the school 
or your community is going to suffer because there's no delivery of services. We do very little or nothing about it. So the problem is this, that unless you separate administration from politics, no politician must have an opportunity to have anything to do with the appointment even of officials at local government level. And I'm not saying just local, but all spheres of government. You will not change it because there's a lot of money at stake here. And all eyes are on those things. That is why your coalitions are collapsing. And they're going to continue collapsing to such an extent. There's a grave danger that come 2024, you may not even pass your budget after that if the ANC loses its majority and have to work with other political parties. That's the fear we have in the country at the moment. Well, others say uh, coalitions are going to be the way for the future. Um, I hear you saying you think they will not work. Is there a way that, you know, perhaps those who are in political offices can start upping their leadership game? Should they be going for courses or should we just have a a total turnaround of leadership in our country in terms of the leaders, leaders that we choose and elect? Well, first of all, I must say that we have a lot of capacity. We have people of integrity, the expertise and skills. Unfortunately, a great percentage of them are outside of politics. And I think they need to become, they need to become part of the solution uh, to address the concerns and things we have. We need a different uh, kind of, 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 of uh, and I'd rather say statesmen and stateswomen rather than politicians. That's basically what we need to take South Africa forward. Coalition, South Africa is not ready for coalition. And let me just tell you what. If you look at the statements that are being made by all political parties, yesterday is an ideal example. You know, all of them are obsessed with just removing the ANC from power. Nobody is telling you (coughs) what are the solutions that we have, what we will do differently. No, nobody. All they are is obsessed with wanting to remove the ANC, and that's not why you should be in power. You well, should I, be I, I, in power. yeah, just finish up that thought because I need to wrap up now, uh, okay. Shikimam. Unfortunately, we should no, be no, there no. in power. Why? Say that again. You were saying they should be there in power. Why? In thirty well, seconds. Well, you know, it, it, politics is supposed to be about the delivery of services to the people, and nothing more than that. But serving mankind. That's what it's supposed to be about. Excellent. Unfortunately, the politicians we have today all want power and control, so they attack and attack and attack rather than finding solutions. Let's we hold it solutions. on that note. I need to yeah. run to the news. Always a pleasure having you with us, and uh, thank you very much for your time and your insight. Thank you. Thank you. A great pleasure. Thank you. That was uh, Honorable Ahmed Munzur uh, Sheikh Imam from the NFP, Parliamentarian Leader.